This is Verve, the style podcast, your only source for everything fashion on the internet. We're your hosts. I'm Katie Gassman. And I'm Anna Grace Averett. With a combined 10 years of experience in e-commerce fashion, from buying and styling to visual merchandising and content creation, Katie and I know firsthand how the internet is reshaping the fashion industry. We sit down with your favorite creators and the next wave of innovators to discuss how they're pushing fashion forward and break down five of their favorite fits. On our solo episodes, we get into the latest fashion news, runway shows, internet trends, pop culture. It's basically like going to happy hour with your fashion besties. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and follow along on TikTok and Instagram to see what we're wearing. I'm at Katie Gassman, two S's, two N's. And I'm at Anna Grace Averett. That's A, V as in Valentino, E-R-E-T-T. So sit back with your mandatory three beverages and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Verve. This week we sit down with Timothy Chernev, better known as Relax It's Only Fashion on TikTok. Timothy started out his career as an intern at Women's Wear Daily and then jumped on to work for W Magazine and Vogue Russia in New York before making the jump to freelance writer and stylist. After moving to LA, Timothy styled celebrities like Ariana Grande, The 1975, and Chloe and Halle when the pair was just starting out. You know we've been dying to talk to a celebrity stylist on all the details when it comes to red carpets, and Timothy's insights were maybe not what we were expecting. Sometimes a celebrity needs to just feel good in an outfit to get through an event, and not every look has to be a huge fashion moment. Even Beyonce can pair it back when needed. But you probably know Timothy for his runway show recaps on TikTok. Timothy is known for his calm demeanor and deadpan honesty, but he's very sure to use the correct descriptors. We get into why fashion critics should be using words like incomplete, unfinished, or lacking a je ne sais quoi, for a better word, instead of just straight up calling something hideous. So we've all learned a lot from this episode. We had a great time talking with him. Like we said, he's so calm cool, collected, and we loved that about chatting with him. You don't get that a lot in the fashion industry, so it's a nice refreshing take. (laughs) Yes, it is oftentimes so over the top, so it was definitely a nice change of pace. So with that, here's Timothy. I was stalking your Instagram earlier, and I saw that you had posted something that they just described you as the guy with the calm voice that talks about fashion, so it really does go perfectly. Yeah, that was like a Reddit roundup of something. It was like, all it was like, get ready with me is like some girl and then relax it's only fashion calm voiced man reviews one way (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay yeah that is what it is so you nailed it have you always been this way about your clothes or was this a learned behavior to chill out and take this not so seriously I, I mean, I was, I worked in like fashion editorial in New York. My first, my first job was as an intern at Women's Wear Daily. And I, I, I don't sew well, but like I, I've, you know, taken sewing classes and know how to like assemble clothes. And I guess like I know a lot of designers and, and fashion people. And most people that I know that are actually in the industry are very like, they're much, they, all of this kind of like, slave who's your fave like this collection you know was the the most important like people aren't really like that you know i think people are in the industry are just a lot more um forgiving of like mistakes or people are way more willing to be like experimental i think people love this sort of like you're out or like you know skinny jeans are over but it's like when you actually are sort of in it you're like oh you know it's like a real person comes into your store and you talk and you kind of see what they're vibing with or whatever sometimes you sell something sometimes you don't or whatever but I, I don't know anybody who's like really successful in this industry that is like you can't wear purple anymore you know it's just like it's not that's not there are no rules yeah of course yeah of course not and it's really it's about like especially women's wear it's like you know i think i fit a lot of women and a lot of different ages and body types it's it's always personal it's always like you could just be the tallest the most perfectly proportioned or whatever and everybody tries on clothes that look bad on them always no matter who you are so i think it really is like, yeah, it's just, it's very personal. And it's about like, just having like a nice relationship with people. That's why people are like, 
you know, these businesses that they're not like dominating social media or whatever, but people are working and they're like, they're fed and they're busy. And, you know, so I always just try and, um, you know, spotlight people that are making clothes that aren't just for like attention and press, but like stuff that people Mm -hmm. actually buy. Yeah. We've been talking about that a lot lately. Um, I actually, I was trying to find it, but there's this one TikTok of yours that I commented on. And you know, when your comment just becomes the top one and people never stop liking it for like mm-hmm. all of eternity, I have that going with you right now. So I see your face <laughs> quite often. What was the comment? Oh my gosh. What was the show? You absolutely dragged it in the funniest way. I was trying to find it. It was very, it was pretty recent. Chanel. Um, that was Chanel. Louis Vuitton. I think it was Louis Vuitton. I think that's what it was. And just your take on it was so hilarious in the way that you edited it. And you were so serious, but so, like, it, it was funny Relax. at the same time. It, it, Thank exactly. you. Summed up the room. It's the, those are the most – it's really, like, for me, it's really fun when something is really, really bad because then I just kind of, like, I can focus on, like, the writing or whatever – um mm-hmm. when things are like really good that's like that to me is like really difficult because you really can like I only have so much of people's attention you know so I try really hard mm-hmm. to be like okay if you only have like one minute to look at the show what are like the eight looks that you really gotta see so it's yeah. hard not to get like lost in describing everything or detailing the whole thing but people have like what 60 70 looks is impossible yeah and then out. also it's like I think for me, there's, I see a lot of, uh, like, mainstream fashion writing is people like to be, like, comprehensive. Like, that's considered good writing is, like, oh, I mm. read this and I feel like I understand everything. And for me, I'm always trying to not be comprehensive. Like, I want to figure out, because I, I do this all the time, you know, and, like, I, I've been doing this for years now. So there's brands that I talk about, like, over and over and over again. So I never want people to watch something of mine and be like okay i understand everything about prada and i never have to think about prada again because that's not what it is you know it's like i want Mm -hmm. people to if they like something like go and and um research it themselves and maybe you hated all the looks that i picked and all these other ones were your favorite but yeah i never i never want to be like the authority you know Yeah, I feel like what a lot of people can get out of your TikToks is a prompt to go form their own relationship and thoughts around a brand. Like you put forth your thoughts in such a succinct and um, well-constructed way that it shows people how to think about fashion in a critical but not critical in the negative type of way, but just in a a, a, – it keeps it interesting for everybody involved. Thank you. That's very nice to hear. So did you study writing? I did. I was an English major. Um, and mm. then I got out of, I, I went to Northeastern and they have a co-op program. So you basically, you're in school for six months out of the year. And then for six months out of the year, you do an internship for credit. And the first thing that I wanted to do was advertising and ad copy and um I went to like an interview with this like very big ad agency and they had all of these like superstar clients or whatever. And I just got the worst energy, the worst vibe from what it was. Cause it felt like it was so much about like client services and I really just wanted to uh, be creative. And so I went back to my advisor and I was like, I can't, it's not going to be this. Okay. What else is there? And she was like, Oh, there's an internship in the accessories closet at women's wear daily. If you want that, I was like, sure, whatever. It's a news, you know, it's like, it's a newspaper. So at least I'll learn how a newspaper comes together. I didn't want to work at like uh, L or something, nothing against L, but I wanted to see like what, what the journalistic side of fashion was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then did you have an interest in fashion like prior to that? I, I worked in retail. I was uh, in, in high school. I worked at Club Monaco and then I worked at Ben Sherman and whatever, but like in, in Manhattan. So like when I had my lunch breaks, I would just kind of walk around. Yeah, I'd like go into the Louis Vuitton store and just walk around and kind of kill time or whatever. And it was, um, I never thought that I wanted to like write about fashion and 
I still think the, the what people told me all the time when I was an intern was like, just focus on writing well. Like, just find your flow and how you like to write or whatever, because once you figure that out, then you can write about food or travel or, you know, boats or whatever. But, like, really just just try and find, like, your style and how you approach things. And then I just kept working in, in retail and, and learning more about fashion. And so, yeah, I guess that's, that's how it all really happened for me. Like, it, it just kind of, like... Uh, the way that I was making money and the thing that I was studying happened to just like align, I guess. So can you tell us about what it was like working for some of those big names, Women's Wear Daily, Vogue, Women's Magazine, or W Magazine? W, yeah. I I interviewed um, Camilla Nickerson in uh, Mm -hmm. 2009, when she was at W and at the time she was styling Celine and Calvin Klein. And it was like, it's, it's a lot of research. People really are so heavily researched. You would not like back. I mean, I don't know what it is like now, but back then every image had like 20 reference pictures of inspiration for like, hair and makeup, lighting, composition, the clothes and everything like that. So I was like, I would be in a library. Um, there's a few, li- I don't know where you, are you guys in New York? We're in Baltimore. Oh, cool. I've never been. Yeah. Um, but in New York, they have, uh, there's a bunch of different, there's like the FIT library and the Lincoln Center library. And you would, and I would just spend hours in the library pulling like fashion images or whatever. That's kind of what we did. Like you would, we, there would be a shoot and somebody would be like, okay, ghosts, like it's about ghosts. <laughs> and so you would just go and like research like ghost movies and ghost costumes and anything that felt like supernatural or whatever. And you would literally like 400 pages of pictures. That's crazy. Yeah. So did you always work for the print version or did you ever work for the site e-commerce version of these magazines i always did um i always did the editorial i was in the editorial department and then when i when i started freelancing after like i had enough experience i did a lot of like macy's bloomingdale's like all sorts of tj maxx like like campaigns for them i mean like everything commercial shoots i did this thing i mean like at bloomingdale's like they'll just shoot everything from eileen fisher for like eight hours it's like the same you know whatever thing you have one model and you just take one sweater off put another one on take one off put another one oh for the like e-commerce product shoots yeah you're there all day shooting every single thing on site yeah i mean anything to make money you know it was like i just would do any you do commercial work and then you kind of take that money and then you have to do your own whatever writing or your own photo shoot like my friends and I would like get together and do these like stupid photo shoots always on a roof in Brooklyn or something you know like I mean it's like you just work with what you have so yeah the life of a creative yeah or like you know we would I would be working for somebody and the brand would be like okay we're gonna messenger the look to your apartment and I would call like a photographer Mm. friend and be like okay like we gotta shoot this at like yeah, I'm really fast, so let's do it because it's Gucci and it's going to look really good and impressive, you know, for our portfolios. And then I would go to work and, yeah, my bosses would – but everyone knows, you know. Everybody was always aware of that kind of stuff because we all did it. Um, but yeah. mm-hmm. How did you go from writing to styling? What was the bridge to that? I did, bo- I did both at the same time because I never really okay. – I never really mm. knew – what I wanted to do. So I was a blogger for this uh, online magazine called Hint. And I would do like fashion reviews and shopping write-ups and little things like that. And then styling just made more money. So, I mean, I Mm. just went with what I felt was going to support me. And then also with writing, it's like you really – you really have to like 
believe in your writing and your writing is good and that's going to bring you money because so much of fashion is like you know this ad service to brands where you have to be complimentary in some way and you have to be mm-hmm. like even if you didn't like a collection you then if you don't like a collection you have to write about like the three things that you did like so it has like a positive spin and with mm-hmm. styling i just felt like you had more control you know yeah, we literally just talked about that on last week's episode, or rather our mini-sode, where we were talking about the de-influencing um, conversation that's happening right now and how so many creators feel, or maybe don't even feel pressured, but buy into just saying positive things about brands and how that's inherited um, attitude almost from the magazines and the industry as a whole, like you were just saying, that there's no real room for genuine critique. Yeah. I think with the critique thing, it's like you have, like, I, there's content creators that I see that, like, you just, there's certain language that, like, once you call mm-hmm. something like hideous or ugly or terrible or disgusting, you kind of can't walk that back, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. you have, for me, I think what a lot of people struggle with or whatever is finding that middle ground of giving somebody criticism but not using words that are like definitively bad you know like saying something Mm -hmm. is like incomplete or you know like Mm. is fine because we all experience like work where we just where there was a deadline and we really didn't get to you know do it the way that we wanted to do it and that's fine but when you're just like you're it's hideous then what you're really telling the person is like you should feel some amount of embarrassment or shame with what you put out and that's cruel you know Mm. so yeah it doesn't leave any room for nuance yeah yeah so or opinions like i'm always really careful about like i mean i definitely call things ugly you know or hideous or whatever but then it's like then then so you feel really strongly about it yeah yeah it's like it has to be you know, it has to be, it can't yeah. just be like, if it's just, if it's boring, it's boring. You know, if it's like dull, mm-hmm. it's dull, but that doesn't make something, you know, hideous. That's a different thing, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. that's probably my English major coming out and, and like working at, um, working in editorial because people, you know, people edit you really, yeah. really closely and people are really like, yeah, that's not certainly. a word. Is that what you mean? You know? Mm-hmm. No, I feel like I learned something out of that too. And just expanding your vocabulary, I feel like people like to use the same really aggressive terms, like you're saying, like heinous, hideous, awful, atrocious, like, but there's just more words to describe it. And maybe it is more detailed than that. But anyway, you go from New York out to LA. I saw, was that to pursue more costume design? Yeah, I was working in, um, so after, after I graduated, I got a pretty decent job at Condé Nast russia they have like a Mm -hmm. new york office so i was doing uh fashion assisting for vogue and tatler and allure and glamour but you know all the russian editions and they would kind of produce all the shoots in new york because that's where all the photographers and models and stuff were so every job that i was doing was like being prepped in new york and then shot in la so i was like okay, well, everybody's in LA. Everybody's photographing these celebrities in LA and all the clothes seem to be in LA. So I was like, what am I, what am I doing here? And I just, I went out there or here, I'm here now. I went to LA mm-hmm. in 2011 for Kmart ad and it was just this huge commercial. And we were like, basically I spent like two weeks here and I got to, you know, see what LA is like and yeah i just had you ever been before first yeah, it was my first time and Fun. i met this fashion assistant who was on the job with me and she took me to like this was 2011 she took me to like silver lake and hollywood and i really was like she, I, she looked at me and she was like i can tell you're gonna move here i am and then i moved well and to get in in 2011 is like Right at, I feel like the sweet spot of when I personally started to truly idolize everything that was about the LA fashion scene. Like it was so cool. And obviously, like celebrities have lived there forever. But um, 
I don't know, maybe the Kardashians had something to do with it, but uh, it was a great was time, Saint I feel like, Laurent. to move there. I think it was St. Laurent, because mm. I remember in 2012, that was like Eddie Salmon's first collection for St. Laurent, and he moved the St. Laurent design studios to LA. And it was like a huge deal that this like- Everything. French, yeah, that French couture was being made in LA. And yeah, everything just kind of moved to- uh, being produced here even now it's like there's just everybody's mm -hmm. here you know it's like very easy yeah. to um, produce things here because you're not trying to get I don't know some act you're trying to get Elle Fanning like to London to a hotel like you just call her and she's like okay well, I'll be there in you know an hour I can do this so yeah where that used to be exclusively New York business but now it's even more interesting because we have this and COVID mm -hmm. and COVID broke, you know, COVID broke this thing of like access because we used to yeah. feel like you, you needed to be in a studio with like glam and that's what, that's where you got people to open up to you, you know, Barbara Walters like stuff. And then COVID, right. everybody's like, you're in my house, I'm wherever you guys are. So you feel this like breakdown of, like well we're just talking so so now it's like it's even more interesting to me because when people are um there's no reason to be guarded anymore you know yeah like I can I have I can do whatever I want here I can be in whatever room I want to be in I could wear whatever I want to wear I can walk away and that's that's really changing everything I think people like you guys your side of it is like people are catching up now it's like oh I have to be more like, I can't just ask these softball questions because everybody's mm. a lot more open to talking now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. When you moved to L.A., did you feel like you had a good network of people that you had worked with or did you kind of have to start? From yeah, I, had, I, I worked with um, B. Ackerland, who is mm -hmm. married to Jonas Ackerland. He directed Telephone with Lady Gaga and... Cool. Uh, so many, I mean, so many amazing videos hold up with Beyonce. He's such an incredible director. And I knew his wife through, she's this costume designer. I was doing, I worked for her in New York as like a, you know, assistant. And then I, I flew here. She was like the first person I had a meeting with. And she was like, I don't know anything about you, but you can work for me for like one shoot. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And we ended up, she, she was the one that like, she taught me to drive. That was the, I mean, not like oh, literally, really? but like she, in the beginning, you know, we would go to appointments around LA and she would be like, don't take this freeway. It's clogged at four. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would always. And that's be, crucial info in LA. Mm -hmm. She would always be like, only stupid people sit in traffic in LA. That's what she always <laughs> And I still I love like that when I have people work for me and they tell me that they're late or they couldn't do something because of traffic, I'm like, that's not an excuse. Like, mm -mm. you just gotta know. There's always a way around. That's so funny. So when did you start being able to move from an assistant to really owning being a stylist? You've worked with some huge names like Benny Drama, Ariana Grande, Storm Reid, Chloe and Halle, the 1975, doing editorials, commercials, um, performances, red carpets. Like you kind of have the jack of all trades. When do you feel like you were able to like really stand on your own as a stylist? Or are you still like part of a collaborative team? Um, I, I was assisting and then from assisting, I would get like, like I did, you know, the 1975, I did a video with them in like 2013 or whatever. Like I would be on these shoots and somebody would be like, okay, well we can't afford your boss, but we have this like rinky dink thing. If you want to do it, it would be, you know, it's going to be really fun. So I would just say yes to all of these jobs. Like Chloe and Hallie, I did their first two music videos and um wow people at the time i mean it was crazy. all these brands would be like we don't know like wait and see and you just it's hard you really have to like you got to call people and you'd be like you don't understand these women mm. are so talented like you really you got to push people to give you clothes and now mm. they're like the big you know and i, I was telling yeah, I don't like, Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was it doesn't get much bigger than that. I'm like Versace or whatever. I'm just like, you're gonna be dying to dress these girls yeah. in a few years. Like, don't you want to be the first 
people to to have a relationship with them or whatever so that's kind of, i feel like that's kind of how it is like you really have to be uh at least everybody wants to work with beyonce everybody wants to work with Rita, of course you know but you is like starting out like you need to find people and be like well, you're my you know rihanna and it's not mm-hmm. and not even like billy eilish or something like literally somebody with like 30 30,000 Instagram followers or like one song that's like, you know, getting a little buzz or whatever, but you really have to like, you got to like that person and you don't have to be their biggest fan, but you have to care a little bit about them or or their artistry, but you're just going to be miserable. Yeah. Find something in them that you're willing to take a bet on and like get honing your skills at being able to identify qualities that are going to, um, just shine through eventually in the industry. I mean, it's like, um, it's like being an agent, like trying to figure out who's worth backing. Yeah. Yeah. That really is what it is. You have to like, and then I always tell people like, if you like, once you get into it and that person has a lot of success, you're immediately going to want to find your way out because you're just like, Mm. well, I did it. You know, and that's why you see a lot of these bigger acts, like they start to go through stylists and whatever and move around. And I always think that's like, to me, that's always really healthy. Like the moment that I done like the Grammys or whatever, like I want to do theater. And the moment that I do theater, it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to do a stupid photo shoot. And after that's why I'm doing content now, because it's like the only it was kind of like the thing that I was like, okay, well, what's this? you know about um right yeah you just you gotta like you gotta take chances and you have to like you have to um try new things you know and especially now there's so much talent you know there's so many there's so many people and i mean like five years ago visibility and access you'll be able to find these people easier than before Mm -hmm. you don't have to like like you're saying you don't have to know someone now yeah and people don't care that much about like the Mew Mew and Chanel of it all. Like if you can just make great clothes and great costumes and like vintage and thrift and, you know, come up with your own like interesting ways of styling people like Olivia Rodrigo, you know, like you see her stuff not wearing like, she's not wearing Mew Mew runway looks. I mean, she is on the red carpet, but like in her videos and stuff, it's like, you know, that's where you get to really like find your, find your vibe. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that that's taking hold of the industry right now? I think fashion is very like a market. And it's not the market. It's like the branding of it is really Mm -hmm. fighting the authenticity sort of angle. And it's like you Mm. see people... Uh, like pro, you know, Prada, like they're doing this logo, like right in the front or whatever. And it's like, that's fine. I mean, if you're just like in Europe at a club and you want to like, you know, have everybody know that you're wearing Prada, like great. But when you're Billie Eilish, it's like, who cares? Like, who cares? This is like, sure, she can wear Gucci if she wants, but you're not watching her because you want her to model Gucci runway clothes for you. You know, it's like her artistry is what is making the performance or the video or whatever interesting. So it's like, that's why I moved to LA because there's like, there's fashion and then there's like celebrity and, and like that. And two very different worlds. Yeah. Celebrity is amazing because working with like these super famous people, like when you're an actress, you really, you have to like kind of flow with the brand and like, if they're going to make you some custom couture look and you're, you're going to the Emmys, like you have to wear it. You really like, you can kind of, you know, push back, but there's an expectation that like, if somebody's going to make you a custom look, then you're going to fit it and do your best or whatever. And when you're like Beyonce, it's like, who cares? There's like right. 100,000 people that are paying thousands of dollars just to see you. They don't care what you're wearing. They just want you to be happy right. and perform. So it's like mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of famous people. And that's the that's the best feeling where you're like, okay, Balmain made this. And you're like, ah. you know, I'm going to wear Levi's. I'm going to wear Levi's. Right. And then, it be, and then people see it and it becomes iconic or whatever. And it's like 
that's what yeah. I that's what I think um, is is really taking a hold in in this world of like fashion is people want to approach it like celebrities. Like I, I don't want to feel like I need to wear branded, recognizable clothing to be popular. Like I just want to wear what I like to wear. Right. So say that you're not Beyonce or Rihanna or someone who has this massive name recognition. You're like someone who's trying to come up. How much pressure do some of these celebrities feel to like subscribe to a certain brand or like get that contract? How much value does that have to someone who's trying to build their celebrity? Well, I mean, if you have somebody like Margot Robbie, who is like a very successful actress, but then she also has this money coming in from Chanel and now mm-hmm. she has a production company and now she can produce her own, not even for herself, but she can produce projects for other people, which is just, you know, helping her network. And I think um, the pressure to be with a brand is not like you, you can, or you can't, you know, it's fine. Like Dakota Johnson, mm. not like she, she's like, she wears Gucci, she wears Dior, she wears, she wears whatever, Chanel, like she can kind of like bounce around or whatever. But I think for certain celebrities, it's just a very um, easy way of generating an income. Ultimately, mm. a lot of, it's a lot of great exposure because even when people are not seeing you on TV or in movies, they're seeing you attending these shows. And so you get mm-hmm. a lot of, recognition and then you get people being like oh margaret robbie like I don't, yeah what's she up to you know she's at she's Chanel, and so let's let's let me let me check out her imdb yeah but then you get these celebrities who are attached to a brand that no longer feels authentic like Kristen stewart in chanel like i don't think that every time we see her on the red carpet we have something not so positive to say about the looks that she's coming out in but that's but so, you know what i have to tell you that's not what styling is about that's that's not mm, okay it's about i think um i was having this conversation with my agent over dinner and we were saying that it's like you are not trying to make that person look the best they've ever looked in their life like that if that's your goal it's gonna be exhausting you're gonna fail um what you're trying to do is to make sure that that person feels comfortable in what they're wearing mm. and happy with their choice that's a big one because you're looking at this photo judging the color the length does it suit her or whatever she is at an event speaking to people about a project that she worked on for months so to Mm -hmm. her like the red carpet is like five seconds the whole event is i gotta embody these clothes and i want to make sure that i'm not like hiding in myself so, and you can see when people do that. You can see when people do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, ultimately you, I, I see this stuff online where people are like, fire your stylist, fire your stylist. And it's like, this is not, this is not like a, a contest. This is a real person who is just, you know, has to go to a bazillion events and they're making these choices for themselves. And I've, I've worked at a lot of things where it's like, I don't know, you try something on the next day, you're bloated, you're, you know, something is off. Mm, it doesn't yeah. work with you. You try it on and you're like, I just, I'm not going to feel great in this. I'm going to go with something else. And then a stylist will be like, really? And the, you know, the talent is like, it's fine. It's not a big, I don't care. You know? And so I see, yeah. I see people commenting on like, you know, Kristen Stewart, like you just said, and people are like, you know, tearing her apart or whatever. And I'm like, she, to me, she's, this is her choice. You know, she has everything at Chanel at her disposal. So it, when people are like, well, you don't look good. She's like, okay, well, I have 40 events to go to this year. You know, I'll look good at the next one. I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point. Do you feel like half like a stylist almost half therapist in a way that I'm sure there are a lot of women who are insecure about certain parts of their body or they're not maybe excited to go to this event that you're dressing them and you really have to think about how they're going to feel and I mean for women and for men it could just be so complicated and sometimes those emotions don't even make sense when you're putting something on 
and the next day you're like oh shit I hate the way this feels like do you feel like you're yeah. have to find ways to comfort them I mean my my style or like my point like I like all of my clients to feel very free like everyone that I work with is smart is fun is you know very like talented so I want like if you go to an event I want you to be able to like meet somebody, get invited to an after party and go and not have like four handlers, you know, moving your train and adjusting <laughs> your headpiece and is your necklace straight or whatever. Like that to me is like, oh, I just find that to be so it's exhausting. Fussy. It's like, yeah, I want you to be able to like, I don't know, go, go. Like what if you meet somebody and you're like, hey, Boz Lerman is at the Chateau Marmont. You want to come? Like, you, you want to be in some, you know, giant crystal wide shoulder thing or whatever? Like, so that's always, like, that's always what I want people to feel enclosed. Like, anything could happen to me and I'm not afraid that something is going to be off, you know? What about if you're trying to create an image? I feel like, especially out the gate, a lot of pop stars or celebrities are trying to like craft an aura and image I feel like Lady Gaga is a great example of that is that also a realistic side of the styling industry but just like coming at it from a different angle where they really do care about the image they're putting out there I everybody cares I mean everybody cares to some some extent or whatever there is definitely like um a competition to get the most uh I don't want to say editorial, but like the fashion, you know, the fashiony fashion looks. And so there is a pressure when you have like five brands that are sending you clothes and like Saint Laurent sent you like a basic black dress and Roberto Cavalli sent you some mm. wild thing with straps and buckles or whatever. Like people will be like, okay, well, you're going to get more attention if you wear the thing that is more fashion. Um, so there's that. I mean, there's absolutely mm -hmm. that. Uh, in terms of like the whole image thing or whatever, I mean, it's like if all you're wearing is super, super directional runway looks, eventually you're going to run out of steam because you're going to wear like it loses the its five time. best things. And then after the five good looks, it's just like, what's this now you know so it's like mm -hmm. it, i think the people to me that have the best style like kate blanchett you know or rihanna is like they mm -hmm. know how to kind of give you here's my a game fashion and then just like relax and be like okay i'm going to show you that i still know how to do i can do a column dress i can do a tuxedo and i'll still look good you know so it's like that's to me that's like good style when you're able to like you know reel it in a little bit even for the everyday person i feel like that's just good advice because not every day is going to be your best outfit ever right or like sometimes you really are just running to the grocery store and you don't have time for like a full look and i think if you're a fashion person you can kind of get caught up in that and like feel bad for wearing something more casual but to your point like it's about living your life too yeah. And looking good is very different from being good looking. Like being good looking is like, you got to focus on that like all the time, nonstop. And looking good is just like, I don't know, brush your hair, put some lip balm on, you know what I mean? Steam your shirt. Like there's always these little things that you can do to take yourself from like, I'm just existing to like, I'm trying to look good, you know? But like, to me, like being good looking is like, well, I don't know. Even it requires a lot of work, like yeah. you said. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not as effortless as people want it to seem. Yeah. Well, speaking of looking good, the next portion of our episode is all about your personal style. So I'm sure you have your own unique personal style that is separate from your styling style, and we want to talk about that. So we have a series of five rapid fire short answer type questions that we ask all of our guests so that we can get to know your closet a little bit better. So we'll start it out with just the easy or not so easy, depending on how you look at it. How would you describe your personal style? It's like playful. I like to, mm. I like to take a lot of, um, Oh, not risks. I don't take risks, but I experiment a lot. Like I really like yeah. the yeah. I'm not I'm not much of a risk taker, really, truly. I'm not, <laughs> like I'm not like always I'm not trying to push myself 
but I do like to surprise myself and I do like to immediately change my mind. I like to change my mind all the time. It's my favorite thing to do. That's not about life, but a close is the place that you just get to be really um, inconsistent. That's what I, that's the one word I would describe mm. myself. Inconsistent. Oh, I love that word. Because I, too, am inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a style icon? Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, I mean, I love the way, like, I like, there's some rappers that I really like. I like the way Future dresses. Um, Lakeith is not a rapper, but he's Lakeith Stanfield from um, Atlanta. He always has, like, a cool 70s um groovy vibe um who else in menswear i mean in women's wear definitely kate blanchett um kate blanchett is is really fun for me i think because i always am like she's really inconsistent i think she's the most like (laughs) so so like so much range and always changing her her taste or whatever yeah do you have a favorite designer? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's always Prada. It's always going to be mm. like Prada. Um, I really think there's a lot of great uh, designers out there that are like artists. And she is mm-hmm. like such a amazing designer for real people. And she is so good at, um making the art a part of the conversation but there's always something to buy there's always something yeah every collection no matter what there's always one thing that is like oh my god i have to buy this or if i ever see it on the real real or whatever or like i'm even 10 years from now i'll buy it i love that about her um stella mccartney i love her mm-hmm. i think she's like she gets it like it's okay to be tacky it's okay to be skimpy it's okay to be like head to toe in the sweater like it's just it's okay you know it's not (laughs) like you don't inconsistency again right yeah I think I mean I know a lot of very stylish very successful women and I think for them uh clothes can often just be very like fleeting and you Mm. love something for a period of time but um you know, having these connections to things where you're like, oh, I I wore this on my first date with my husband or whatever. People have a lot of those kinds of little things. And Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to break that down. I'm like, do I like this skirt or not? You know, like it doesn't matter (laughs) what was going on in my life when this meant something to me. Like right now, who am I right now? What does this mean to me Mm -hmm. today? You know, so... I forget what the question was, <laughs> but no, yeah. but and I there like can be real overlap between. She's those always two. kind of like she's always flipping, flipping um, what looks good to her. Yeah, it feels like the inconsistency that you're speaking to also has like an element of just expressiveness in it. That what you're going after, regardless of if it is. Um, attached to like a certain theme or aesthetic or something like that but it's true to who you are at that moment Mm -hmm. that has real value yeah Yeah. and just not being afraid I mean there's nothing like I see so many Mm -hmm. people they're so fixated on like looking expansive or looking rich Mm -hmm. or whatever and I always tell I'm going to use this in a TikTok eventually but like no one's you know no one's going to kick you out of Tribeca for wearing like a Spongebob Squarepants t-shirt you know like it's it's okay (laughs) like you can have Mm -hmm. moments of of wanting to be perfect and then you can have moments of wanting to you know it's exactly to your point like it's about expressing yourself through your clothes is there any outfit or trend that you look back on now that gives you such the ick and you just think about it and regret it? Oh my God. Every, I mean, so many, (laughs) so many things. I used to be really into these, like uh, these matrix coats, everything like they're coming back now. They're really like everywhere in menswear. You see these, like, I love these like long 
dramatic coats and I always felt like in New York I always felt like uh, Snape from the Harry Potter movies kind of like <laughs> yes, walking 100%. with this like flair or whatever and now I just I love a short jacket you can whip it around I want to be in a short yeah. like I want everything like short tight I even like things now everything is like too small almost or whatever like I mm. don't know what it is everything now I think because like COVID whatever again again like not losable weight you know like perfect <laughs> yeah and, you're here now this is where you live yeah and i'm trying to like instead of trying to always be like fixating on flattering my body and and i'm just like what if i just wear these tight clothes because they feel good you know so yeah that's that's my new i love that yeah. yeah sometimes i feel like tight clothes i feel more comfortable in them than something really oversized and baggy i just like the way that it hugs my body it feels nicer yeah. I mean, I think we went through like such a so super oversized period where everything was super, super oversized. And now it's like, it's going to take a while, but you know, I don't think people are going to throw out their like bombers and Jenko jeans, but I do see people being much more aware of like fit. Mm -hmm. All right. Last question. So you have to choose one fit for the rest of eternity. What is your style uniform? Oh, God. Um, black boots. It's going to be a black boot. It's like I have like a whole like 20 pairs of black boots. They're all like, if you I'm, saw them. I love a black boot. If you saw them in a row, you would be like six of these shoes are exactly the same. But they're not. They're not. I'm right there with you. They they're are not. not. Uh, <laughs> one has a side zipper. This one has yep. laces. This one has three buckles. This one has two buckles. Like, it's, yep. they're all different. They're different. Yeah. Actually, there's this one outfit that I sent you guys where I'm wearing like black pants and black combat boots and like a baggy, it's like a vintage Carl Kanai hoodie. That's for me, like when I don't know what to wear and I'm just whatever, it's like black hoodie, like a tailored kind of techie pant and like a combat boot. It's almost, it's like fashion, but I can start running if I. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, that is the perfect segue into our last portion of this episode, which is our outfit portion, five fits of the week. And since we have Timothy here, he is going to walk us through five of his outfits that he chose to showcase for us that he feels truly encapsulates his personal style. So we're going to learn all about where he wore them, why he put certain pieces together, where they're from, would you change anything, all of those great details. So let's dive into your first fit, which has this beautiful coat. Which one is that one? I can't remember. Is that the little... Oh, yeah, I made that coat. I made that coat. No way! (gasps) You made it? I bought it. The whole, the base of it, that whole, like, thing is... I got it off, like, some Chinese, like, AliExpress website. It was literally, like, 29... 99 and then i removed the collar i added the fur cuffs and then i put snaps in because those little like chinese Mm. frog buttons are actually kind of annoying Mm -hmm. yeah they're very annoying pop it open um it fits it's so fitted it's just like it's like a quilted blanket that is like fitted to the body and then the fur cuffs are i love it yeah did you fit it to yourself yeah yeah i had it like just like slimmed a little bit I love doing, that's my favorite thing to do is I always, I just, I need clothes that I know nobody else has because I'm so like, mm-hmm. annoying <laughs> with. <laughs> we get it. Trust I us. Am. Like I just am. There's so that I, I either, you know, I like having certain things that I just know there's nobody else has it because I, so I'm always like modifying. I'm always adding buttons and snaps and cuffs and things like that. So where did you wear this? I wore this to the face magazine launch party or something i just knew it was going to be a lot of like streetwear fashion mm. girls mugler looking stuff so i just wanted something really like you know like Pop. dressy yeah we dressy weird yeah. yeah 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 totally i love dressy statement weird. <laughs> yeah and what about the shoes i see we have one pair of the black boots here that was yeah those are dior those are dior for uh by hetty Slimane, I got them in 2008. They're never, they just, mm. they keep getting resold. They're never, they're never I love going that. anywhere. Yeah. All right. 
then the next look that we have is a uh, suit with some shorts and some dress shoes. That I just wore. I went to a fashion uh, trust. It's like a scholarship program for like up and coming designers here in LA, like the CFDA, but out here. Uh, mm -hmm. That suit is Issey Miyake. I got it. I used to work mm. there when I worked in retail. Oh, cool. That was my uniform and it still fits. Oh, wow. I, I know. I know. I was like, oh my God. I never wear it because I always kind of like associate it um, yeah, right. with work. But yeah, that's kind of, I like to do evening when I know I'm all, you know, like, I, like I said, I'm annoying. I like to be the person in the room that's not matching the room. So I kinda, yeah, totally. I knew this party was going to be like silky, gowny, like mm. crystal cocktail. And I was like, what if I wear a cotton mailman bellhop thing? <laughs> but it's I love it. Like, but the shorts are playful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like, there's really comfortable, the little tie. It was kind of like my Tom Brown. Um, I thought it was exactly what I'm Brown. getting out of this. Yes. Yeah. And I like that the shorts are like a little past your knee. It's almost like a pedal pusher situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think the shape of the short is the only thing that kind of keeps it formal. If it was like even a little shorter, it wouldn't have the same effect. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and forth like socks, no socks forever. But I ultimately. And you landed at no socks. I landed at no socks. I think it was the socks sometimes goes a little like gay, sexy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like wearing thigh highs, but for men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it draws all the attention to the calf. And sometimes I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to be. I don't need that attention on my calves no. today. No. <laughs> all, right, all right. Next up, we have a brown aviator jacket with some oh, no. I go to this party every year. It's the Brooks Brothers St. Jude party. And it's like oh, celebrities fun. and they bring their kids. And so there's always Cute. like, there's always so many children running around. It's really fun. It's like, you know, it's like the holiday kind of, right. it gets me in that holiday mood. And so every yeah. year I always try and like out classic myself or whatever. Brooke, ah. Yeah. Like Brooks Brothers sponsor. Brooks Brothers. Yes. Yeah. So I'm always like, I'm like, how can I look the most like family friendly? Like what's the most PG <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can I look like I'm in a Hallmark movie? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so that was like loafers and a chino. That's like my boyfriend's jacket. And then I did the little silk scarf. Yeah, I like the scarf. Yeah, it was like, I was like, okay. Are you a, oh, sorry. Are you a big accessorizer? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. with menswear, it's way, 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 way more important because it's just like mm -hmm. it suits it suits and pants and sweaters and yeah. whatever so like I'm very um uh, I can't call myself annoying anymore but like I don't even like to see belt loops like if there's belt loops and no belt I'm I, I'm immediately like no you know? you're done like, I'm very yeah. like you gotta show because that's men's you know it's like it's really all True. about how much shirt cuff, how much collar you're seeing or whatever. So very detailed. Yeah. Less to work with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next up is your eternity style uniform, which you've already went over. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Um, no, I want more black boots. I want something like I'm looking for like a <laughs> shinier, like, you know, like those, those, like those pleaser shoes with the like giant mod that Lady Gaga wears. Like, yes. I, want the men's, yes. I want like a men's fashion version of that. Like a patent lace up with a side Into. zip. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Would you wear a stiletto? I have, I only, I have women's heels. I only, I have two pairs. They look exactly the same. One, <laughs> it's like a single toe strap, single ankle strap. They're both four okay, inches. Very minimal. One is suede, one is leather, no platform. You know, like that, the yeah. Weitzman nudist shoe. I yep. only wear them to like house parties or mm, like, mm -hmm. like when I have people over or whatever. They're so uncomfortable. But I'm like, I, yeah. I you know, I'm very like traditional fashion editor. And to me, it's like a Nina Garcia mm -hmm. shoe. Yeah. 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 So sometimes I'll do a sock, sometimes they won't, but like. You need like a platform boot situation. Like a platform or like with a heel? Platform. 
Because it's easier to walk in, and then you get your big, like, black shoe moment. I'm, like, 6'3", so when I'm, if I'm in, like, a, mm. when I'm, there's very, that's what I mean, like, in a house party, it's, like, fun, but if I go to an event and I'm, like, 6'7", it's really, really That's so tall. It's just, to like, yeah. to like, have a conversation, especially with a woman uh-huh. who's, like, 5'8", and I'm a foot taller than her, and I'm, like, comically yeah. large. It's, like, yep. yeah, yeah. It gets I'm honestly get shocked to hear that you're 6'3". You're, in these images, not that you look short, but you're not giving, like, super tall, but that yeah. puts things in more perspective now. I like to make myself, I, I think there's such a, like, fashion gets so obsessed with, like, elongating, and I'm always like, mm. what, is, what, what if I looked short? What if I looked blocked? Yeah. Like, what is, like, why do I have to look like, like a big, long stick? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm always struggling with that because I'm, like, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and, right, there is this obsession with elongation, and um, creating the perfect shape and I love a boxy I love an oversized it's just so fun yeah I mean cut and like cutting a proportion you know like a little carrot mm-hmm. shape like crop pan and like a boxy jacket or whatever I think it's just you know long and lean is it's this old gay I mean, it's this old gay fashion illustration culture that we have where everybody needs to look like thin and tall and that's what luxury is or whatever yeah yeah love it okay and then your last outfit you're at home you have a button-up shirt on oh yeah that's that's i wore that to my holiday office party i'm like i love a party top i'm always i go Mm -hmm. to actually macy's has a whole section called called party shirts for men and it's so funny it's so funny to me that one is that one is not that that one is a little fancier but i've always been like Mm. a skinny black pant tuxedo shoe is this sheer it is sheer and then it has like a little bit of black it has this i'll get it this right here see it's sheer and then it has this pattern oh yeah totally that's my favorite thing i'm dying for it to come back into fashion the velvet burnout yeah i think it's like oh yes always called devoray in french but it's always like yeah i like a nice sophisticated sexy shiny top or whatever it's like if i'm trying to have fun i just want all the visual interest up to my face Mm. You know, because you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm at like an event, I'm so like a shark. I know like a lot of people. So I'm always like, I gotta say hi to her. I gotta say hi to On her. On the move. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be fussed. You know, I like to Yeah, just, totally. You know, and I want people to be able to, to see me. So I'm always like sparkle up top. I love that. I love that. And then you have just some um, black trousers. It looks like you have a belt on. Always, always a belt. You'll, you'll never see me. You'll never see belt loops on me without uh, belt ever. I love that. I love that rule. It's just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little fussy about certain, certain things. I'll let, I'll let some stuff go, but like, yeah, I never, I like dudes are just so anti belt and I'm like, you look so unfinished. And that wraps up our outfit portion of the episode, which means we have come to the end of our time together. But thank you so much. This was an absolute delight to hear all about your experiences in the styling world and in the editorial world and LA and New York. Like you've been everywhere. You've done it all. Thank you. That makes it sound like my life is over and I'm going to, I'm still going to do a lot more. I'm doing a lot of other stuff. My, yeah, what's next? My next thing is, well, I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't want to go to shows. I keep kind of, like, going okay. back and forth. You're not a, an interest of that? It's like, I've had this, con- you, you guys interviewed Mandy, you know, old loser. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of, like, I've been talking a lot of fashion, but me and her were talking about this, about how, like, when you are there you have to give people the experience of attending the show and for me it's like i enjoy just talking about the clothes i don't really care Mm. about the ambiance or who's there or whatever so there is but there is an expectation that when you go to fashion week you have to kind of like report on not just the clothes but also like you know i don't know the aura of the thing yeah yeah um and also i love i'm just i'm an la 
girl, really. I am. Like, mm. I like to hike and I like having, you know, I like my consistency and, and whatever. But I do, I'm thinking very seriously about a magazine and trying to mm. figure out what that's going to be and how I can get the money for it or whatever. But I want it to be like, like right now what I'm thinking is, is I want it to be very shoppable and I want it to feel like a mix of designer and vintage that we sell mm. through the magazine. So it's sort of like- Cool, like an old school catalog. Like if you're flipping through a yeah. magazine and it's like, oh, there's just like one of something that you can buy online. And then there's also like a Prada look from next season. Um, yeah, my TikTok is, I have like a Depop, so my TikTok is kind of like that. Like you can buy very often, like you can buy on my Depop what I wear in my videos. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how I can take that and make it like more fun. Because I feel like the experience of buying a magazine is like, I don't really know people that necessarily want to spend like even a good art magazine, like $25, $30 on a magazine. But I'm trying to figure out. Like, yeah. Can the magazine be free and then actually have the clothes be available for purchase? And can it feel like more than a catalog, you know? So mm. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. But yeah, I want That's the like, rumination right now. Yeah. I'm like, what I really enjoy is other people's content. And mm. um, like, I can listen to myself forever, but I love like seeing other people's photography and styling and design or whatever. So anything that I can do to, to create a platform where everybody can contribute and, mm. you know, mix of like video and everything. It's just so much. Like I have so many ideas and I'm trying to figure yeah. out like what really people could, um, could benefit from because I think like as it is now, it's fine, but it, there's so much potential I think for like, recycling and sustainable consumption and you guys were just talking about de-influencing and it's like mm -hmm. there's actually nothing wrong with going like vintage shopping you know there's not there's nothing that is hurting the planet at all to go buy like you know a pair of Elias shoes that somebody wore in 2007 and then gave to a vintage store. So I'm like, I'm like, there's, there's, yes, we need to stop buying product, but there's a lot of people that need work and could benefit a lot from making this sustainable, cyclical fashion more like mainstream. So that's, I'm always like there, like that's kind of where my headlights are. Yeah. But then I you can, ex uh, you combine that with your magazine editorial experience. We loved fashion magazines growing up. And I feel like, a lot of people did and are missing them because they don't have what it once was, but I feel like it needs to be reimagined. So I hope to see that coming from you soon. Thanks. Is there, where, where can everyone find you on TikTok, on Instagram, anything? I'm, else I never, I'm like on Instagram, but it feels like, oh, it's like a chore. I don't know. <laughs> I like, you know, you kind of have, I kind of have to do it. I'm on TikTok because of the comments. Everybody is like communicating there and that's why I do it I'm always like I know what I think you know I feel like the real review is mm. always in the comments like that's where that's where you really get people's perspectives and my boyfriend was saying this the other day about he was like I love your comment section because other people's is like fire emoji heart emoji hard eyes emoji and yours is like complete sentences you know like <laughs> full and debates yes yeah, and people responding to their own comments because they have like Thoughtful paragraphs that they want to say. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. People come back. I mean, I you know, it's like when you're the creator, you see it from the sort of like big picture perspective. Yes, I die. Oh my god, uh, there's so many people this, fighting with each other on my TikTok. I love say. to watch that happen. There is so the, there is this one post where I said something I didn't like something, and uh, some user her name handle was like Christy something and she was like I don't know I think I like the jackets and somebody responded like Christy it was a flop let's just move on and everybody was like, <laughs> and like it was a flop Christy oh, it was it was so that's what I like being on TikTok because I want people to like you know I want people to be able to I started it because I wanted people to have a space to talk about clothes and not talk about Kylie Jenner and logos and you know like all of the who's who got fired like all that stuff is fine but it's also like it's okay to just say like I like blue you know and have that mm. be your opinion and have somebody say 
I don't and and like explore that conversation. So that's that's why I'm on TikTok. I like I like people to, to just speak to each other. So it's safe to say content creation will continue to be a part of your life for quite a while. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. I like styling. I miss I miss styling sometimes. And then also So you've completely stepped away from styling. I'm available. I'm available by request. I have a lot of people that I sort of am like long term would really like to work with. Some of them are like mm. quite young. And I think like there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh, really talented people who are like under 21. And I've worked with a lot of like I worked with the Storm Reed when she was like 15, 16. And you really have to be super mindful of like what you do with like skin, what you do with. Yeah coverage some things are just like not appropriate for young people so mm -hmm. i think i think you know, there's nothing is immediate you know like people are like somebody like olivia rodrigo is going to be around for a while so there's no like right. no rush for me um to work with anyone i'm always like you know i have my radar out for people but i'm only want to work with people where I'm like, I'm dying to watch your show, you know, or like, I can't mm -hmm. stop listening to your song. And Selective. Select so let people know where they can reach you via email and on TikTok. You can reach, you can follow me on TikTok at Relax It's Only Fashion, or you can reach me at Relax It's Only Fashion at gmail.com. I, I read all my emails. Awesome. So with that, we will talk to everyone next week. Bye. 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 Verve is the only source for everything fashion on the internet. If you've been inspired to get dressed up for yourself this week, tag us to be featured on our Instagram at Verve Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Katie Gassman and at Anna Grace Averitt. Links are in the show notes. This podcast is written and produced by Katie Gassman and Anna Grace Averitt. Edited by Katie Gassman. Creative direction by Anna Grace Averitt. This has been a three beverage media production.